Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for Friday. Thank God it's Friday. What a week. October 22nd, 2021, a palindromic date, if you can believe it. What's going on? How are you? My name is Quinn David Furness, and this is my show. I am your creator, host, live streamer, all that stuff on this fine program. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast. I want to give a shout out to all of my friends in the country of Pakistan, Karachi, Hyderabad, Khyber Pass. Hello, how are you? What is happening? This is one of the top 500 podcasts on the north side of Chicago. And this podcast, while objectively terrible, uh, or how does this thing go? I've only said it like 197 times. Uh, Listener discretion is advised. That's how it goes. It's like memento today. We're doing it backwards. Hey, Seinfeld can do it. What's the name of that season nine Seinfeld episode? The... The Dastardly Move or something like that. I don't, I don't remember what it's called. Uh, but they go to India. The whole thing is backwards. Got to tell you, one of my least favorite episodes, I appreciate the like artistic, creative nature that it has to it. But it, I don't know. It just like I never find myself, and this goes against the grain of pretty much anything for me, Seinfeld, like post-season three. Pretty much any episode, and there's a lot of them, I can turn on and like really enjoy it and have a good time. But anytime that one comes up, um, you know, the stuff you're sorry is in a sack, all that stuff. I'm just like, I don't know. The only thing I really like about that is Kramer's subplot because it's got Franklin Delano Romanowski in it, and I love that guy. But that's neither here nor there. Listener discretion is advised when you're listening to the podcast. Uh, number one, this podcast is objectively terrible, and number two, we'll occasionally use some language. So there you have it. Uh, I wanted there's there's a lot of different things we're going to talk about today, but it, and this was not intentional. Um, I've already mentioned Seinfeld in the first two minutes of this program today, but uh, today is going to be a little airing of grievances, which is a term from uh, the Seinfeld episode, uh, the strike, also known as the Festivus episode, and we're it's been a long week. And nothing that's been, like, too terrible. Just some really irritating frustrations. Just enough to really get my blood pumping. Really chapping my ass. And so we did a... We took to the streets today on social media, Facebook and Instagram, and did a little poll of the friends, fans, and enemies to see what what was really rubbing your keister the wrong way this week. And we got some fun responses that we'll anonymously read on air a little bit later on into the program here. And I don't anticipate this one being terribly long. We'll do a little housewives check-in. Um, we'll, we'll check in on our countdown to 200, which I guess I'll just mention right now. So this is episode 198, and uh, we got two to go until we hit the big 200 live from the Big Apple. Rachel and I will be flying out there two weeks from yesterday, so in 13 days, and uh, we're staying at a fancy, bougie hotel in Times Square. Uh, it's a work event, if you're curious, and not just going out there for fun. Um, haven't been to New York in, what, two years, I think? Man, it's it's crazy, pre-pandemic, since I've last been to New York, which is wild, because uh, I, I, I love New York. And there's so much of it that I haven't explored yet, um, and I don't I don't anticipate we'll do a ton of, you know, or I'll see a lot of new things this time around. But it is Rachel's first time in the Big Apple. She's been to Newark and seen the skyline from across 
the uh, Hudson River there, if you can believe that. How um, how awful is that to get that close and still not be able to have gone? But I'm really excited uh, that she gets to come with. And the only thing she was paying for was her airline ticket because um, my airline ticket and the hotel are booked on the company's dime. So. Very excited for that. We'll do our show live from there. Thank you to everyone who has supported. Um, I know, you know, you know, support can kind of like come and go in, in waves and seasons. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm the same way too, right? Like I haven't watched a J-Rose Pokemon stream in a long time. But like I am really, uh, you know, excited that we're, we're able to get to episode 200 and, you know, season four of the Beantown Podcast, uh, hard to believe. We're getting ready to start our fifth year, which is crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, like, didn't expect it to be this way when I started. I thought it would just be like, I, I mean, I, I guess I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't really have a plan, um, you know, going in. But, you know, I, I've started my show, kind of some of our sister shows would be things like, and when I first started, I had a couple of friends who were, you know, we were all really into podcasting. But, you know, sister shows would be things like uh, Tark Shahada's Local Glow podcast, which is easily the best produced out of any of these, including my own that I'll mention. But the Car Ride Convos podcast with Ryan and Kristen, the um, uh, the Actually Nothing podcast, uh, my friend John Paul Pandowski, dear friend of the show, is on there. And then the show that Matt Fiedler and I have, which the White Noise podcast, we still, we're still, Matt, I know you're out there listening to this, okay? We're still sitting on a couple unreleased episodes. I understand if you don't want to continue the show because we haven't recorded in like two years. But hey, at least, at least release the unreleased tracks, Okay. So that's sort of where we're at. And and my the point that I was making, and this isn't to boast or anything, it's just kind of like I, I at this point I don't know where I'm going because this is uncharted waters. I mean, Car Red Convos was, what, like 20, 25 episodes, something like that. Local Glow has two seasons. And, you know, who knows? Like, Tariq could come out with a third season any time. I, I, I haven't worked with him in a while. I'm not sure exactly what he's been up to. Uh, I think the Car Red Convos podcast is dead because they're going through TikTok now, which is like... Have fun, guys. I'll see you on Twitch. And then uh, I can tell you that the White Noise podcast isn't going anywhere too soon. And I think the Actually Nothing uh, podcast with John Paul Pendowski probably going to be a little slow in the future, too, because he's in law school now. And I've heard that that takes up a little bit of time occasionally here and there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my the point to this is we're kind of just going along at this point, having a good time. And uh, I know it's, you know, it's not quite as zany or, or always crazy creative as you all would probably like and as, as I certainly would like, but I still have fun with it. And every once in a while, I've got a little bit more time in my schedule and inspiration strikes and uh, allows us to, you know, produce a special or something or have a really Great episodes, some power rankings, something like that. I had a, this came to me in a dream the other night. What if we had a Beantown bus? I'm not talking about like Jerome Bettis in a t shirt. I'm talking about like a tour bus, but we just kind of, you know, like park it outside. And, you know, obviously you'd, you'd want it to have some good like decals and logos on there and definitely my face. It's, I, I think that aspect is inspired by a very specific Saturday night, Saturday night Live sketch of the view where Keenan Thompson's playing uh, 
uh, I was going to say Oprah, but that's not right. Whoopi Goldberg and some comment about having a tour bus and her face is on it. And that's kind of it's what I think we could do with the Beantown bus. I think it would be fun if we, it, you know, inside. I haven't really thought about it this far yet, but I would want a lot of cup holders because I want it to be a party. Definitely a shower. I just feel like you, sometimes you want to, you know, get clean and stuff. So cup holders and showers, preferably a shower or a cup holder in the shower because I love a good shower beer. I haven't had one in a while. My current uh, shower is not conducive to a good shower beer experience because there aren't any good, like, shelves or ledges of any kind where I could prop one. And the way, it's you know, it's like a sliding door sort of thing. So I can't, you know, before it was like I could, you know, pull the curtain back have a shower beer on top of the like toilet sink or something, toilet bowl, not not the bowl, the tank, the toilet tank. Before you think I'm disgusting, on top of the tank, the back, okay. Um, but you know I can't, I, I don't really have a good opportunity for that now, other than it just being on the floor, which just feels like so Neolithic, N E O L I T H I C. So that's TBD. Beantown bus, stick that one in the you know back of my head. We'll come back to that in like season eight or something. I wanted to, uh, before we get to the airing of grievances, I wanted, to, so we don't forget, um, to do a quick check-in on our ladies, the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And I got to tell you, all kidding aside, it, it can be tough on a week-to-week basis to keep up with the ladies. Not because they are so go, go, go all the time, although some of them are, but because I'm literally... Rachel and I were, were watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, part two of four uh, season, women tell all, whatever they call it. Why can't I think of what it's called? Uh, whatever. Uh, was this week. And then uh, we're still catching up. Uh, Potomac is happening live right now. I think it's season six, maybe. Uh, but we're on season four, and so we're trying to catch up and moving pretty slowly because I just get sleepy. But we watched two episodes last night, so there's progress there. And uh, Real Houses in New York, not on right now. They finished a couple months ago this season, and the reunion got canceled. Reunion, that's what it's called. But now we're also, so now we have Salt Lake City live, and we're, what, through like six episodes, something like that, seven episodes. So uh, there's a lot to, to keep track of, And uh, but I, I, I feel pretty good. I think I have a good understanding of uh, what happened this episode. And before I do that, because I remembered completely off topic, but a a quick birthday shout out to my brother, Walter. He turned uh, 32. What, what famous NFL player wore number 32? I don't know. Is that a, like a Marshall Falk number or something? Someone's going to have to go look it up off the top of my head. I can't even think of like a current NFL player. You'd have to be a running back, you figure, or like a cornerback, maybe. NFL Jersey 32 team uh, players. Trying to Google while being on live air and type with one finger, not easy. Okay. Who? Okay, here we go. The best. The best NFL players who wore the number 32 jersey. This is what I want. Okay, here we go. Marcus Allen, Edron James. Franco Harris, Jim Brown, O.J. Simpson, and Red Badgrow. I apologize because I don't actually know who Red Badgrow was. Let's click on his name and see what we get. 
nothing interesting. We'll have to just Google him later. Uh, but yeah, those first those first ones I should have been able to come up with at least Edger and James because I watched him play in my lifetime. But uh, let's see other famous players. They say who are not in the in the Hall of Fame yet. I'll just give you the ones you might know: Eric Weddle, Devin McCourty, Maurice Jones-Drew. There we go. I should have got that one. I had him on my fantasy team. His rookie year. You think, here's a crazy thing. You think of Maurice Jones-Drew now, and you look at him, and he's just like. He's always, you know, he was always short, obviously, but he is extremely like stocky now, kind of Costanza esque. The crazy thing, his rookie year playing down there in Jacksonville, I don't know where he went to college actually, but uh, for the Jaguars, he was returning punts and he was a fantasy machine. I mean, that was his rookie year. That must have been like season one or two of the Great White North. I'm not sure, but he was a he was a tank. Uh, he had at least five or six really great fantasy years um and i i tried to get him on my team as much as possible he kind of took over after uh fred taylor in uh in jacksonville there i got some uh some whiskey some bullet bourbon very excited for this been i i actually i had a glass on wednesday that's how after work that's how many grievances i had on wednesday because there's no way you would ever catch me just like drinking whiskey on a wednesday as fun as it is to say, but that's how rough of a day Wednesday was. And not because of like me getting into like issues or anything, just like people I'm dealing with just being total POSs, man. Okay, let's finish up this 32 number here. Uh, Tyron Matthew, he's the honey badger. I don't, is he still playing? Is he play for Kansas City or, you know, I'm not sure where he goes. He was, he was really famous at uh, LSU. Is that where he went to college? I'm not sure. Uh, let's see. Anyone else? Cedric Benson. Was he the guy who just passed away, or was that Tomic Jones? Tomic Atomic Jones. Thomas Jones. I think Cedric Benson passed away, didn't he? Let's see here. Yeah, he did two years ago. Thomas Jones ought to still be alive. I think we're really getting deep into the football stuff here. Okay, I'm done. But I just wanted to say happy birthday to my brother Walt. Hope it was a good day, and maybe you should come on next week to give a movie review of Wes Anderson's newest film, The French Dispatch, which I'm told is not a sequel to The French Connection with Gene Hackman. Hell of a film, though. My dad and I were driving down uh, Lake Street in Chicago last month, and he was like, oh, this reminds me of where they shot the French Connection, or what, you know, that scene in The French Connection, the car chase, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was. And I haven't looked it up to verify whether it was or not, but you can just assume it is, because I'm right, like, 51% of the time. And that's a majority, my friends. Okay, so Salt Lake City. I apologize. Last week I was uh, talking about um, Heather multiple times, and I kept calling her Meredith. And I caught it when I listened back to it, as did my lovely GF Rachie, who texted me out of the blue to say, you <laughs> keep messing up their names, and I felt really bad. So... We're going to get it right this time, even though I have now just taken my first sip of whiskey. Okay, so let's start there so I don't mess it up. Heather, as you know, is, I would say, I mean, is kind of billed as, like, the main protagonist of this show, I feel like, because she's, like, the most Utonian one of them. You know, former Mormon, like, is now divorced, single mom, three kids, like, she just kind of checks off all the boxes for this show. Basically, they're not giving her anything really to do the first part of the season so far. And literally, last episode, all she did was talk with her daughter, college acceptance, all that stuff. It was it was great. In this episode, all she does is, like, 
kind of talk to her daughters about like birds and bees stuff, but not actually, but you know, kind of like kind of talks to them about it, which is fine. And it's heartwarming. And I mean, I don't, I don't mind watching it. It's just like, they're not giving her anything interesting to do. So that's really what Heather has been up to. Um, then you have uh, they're they're really trying to lean into this storyline now. You have the newer the newest housewife Jenny, who is not Jen Shaw. This is Jenny. She is um, oh like Thai or something like that or Cambodian. I apologize. Burmese. I'm not sure. Um, Laotian, Vietnamese probably. Jenny and uh, she's married to her husband Dewey, Dui, Dui, um, not Dui, Dui. And they have three kids, and their youngest kid is, like, nine. And, you know, last week, like, Dewey wants more kids. She doesn't. And it was kind of like, okay, like, uncomfortable conversation. But they totally, like, quadrupled down on it this week. They go cross-country skiing. They're having a great time. Then all of a sudden, after that, they're sitting in the snow. And this guy just keeps coming back to this conversation. And she's like, no, I can't do it. It gets really heartfelt. We realize she's had, like, I don't remember exactly what it was. I'm not kidding. It's, like, ten miscarriages. Something like that, in addition to her three kids that she has. And she's like, I just can't go through it anymore, which is like, hell no, you can't. And he's just like, I really think we should. And she's like, no fucking way. And then he's like, well, what about a sister wife? And it's just like, I mean, there are some really bad housewife husbands out there. I'm looking at you, Michael Darby from Potomac. But, oh, and by the way, I listened to uh, Rachel Darby's single uh, last night coffee and love it's rough look it up if you want great music video he says smiling through his teeth uh rachel darby coffee and love god gonna have to listen to it after this it's so bad um i'm not saying i could do any better in fact i've got a little music for you at the end of this program but it's rough um so this dewey character is just like dude like you gotta He's got three kids. He keeps talking about, like, I want a big family. And it's like, I get that. But also, like, dude, it's not like you – I could understand if they, like, didn't have any kids and were just having, like, issues with miscarriages and, you know, maybe they were younger. And, like, I think I would feel a little bit more sympathy towards him in that scenario. But they have three kids that are, like, grown kids. They're, like, 9 to 16 or something like that. It's like, come on, dude. Like – because obviously he's not going to be the one taking care of these little toddlers running around. He's out there working. He All he gets to do is come home. Sure, he works his ass off. He's a doctor, but he comes home, you know, hot meal on the table. Kids are taking care of and stuff, and that all falls on Jenny. So it's still the same storyline, but it just it keeps getting worse and worse every week, making this guy look worse and worse. And he is. It's a really bad uh, – I don't know. He's a smart guy. I don't really know what his – agenda is uh elsewhere in in salt lake city we have um oh this was pretty funny so no brooks this week but meredith and uh, mary cosby go to play tennis of all activities and my first thought is like oh my gosh this is going to be a disaster like meredith is this white lady from i think north shore in chicago or something like that she, you know, very wealthy, well off. Like she's obviously going to know what she's doing with tennis. And Mary Cosby is going to be just awful. And then my second thought was like, well, hey, Mary Cosby literally doesn't do anything all day, so maybe she has this like secret tennis skill that no one knows about. And then it turns out that uh, my original hunch was confer- was confirmed. Although Meredith wasn't particularly um, adept with the racket, 
Mary Cosby was just like, girl, have you like, you we're playing tennis, right? Like this, this sport, not that one. Like, have you seen this one on television before? It was rough. Um, and that's really kind of, you know, we haven't really gotten a ton out of Meredith so far this year, other than the, you know, Jen Shaw and Brooks stuff and Mary Cosby, you're never going to get much out of, but I do appreciate that. She's like sticking around and, and shows up here and there. So, and it's, she's always entertaining. I mean, I can't tell if I dislike Mary Cosby or not. Like I'm pretty neutral on her, but I'm pretty entertained. So I don't know. I can't wait for, uh, Jen to get arrested and for the good Mary Cosby stuff out of that. Okay, wrapping up here. Basically, the primary drama happening, as you might remember, is between Lisa and Whitney. So I think at the end of last episode, they had like made up and were trying to start fresh, all that stuff. To refresh you, because it's important to understand what happens next. Basically, Meredith or Lisa has like a catering company. She has a million companies. It's hard to keep track of it. Whitney was throwing some charity program or some charity event. She was going to use Lisa's caterers. Lisa and Whitney got into a uh, into a heated exchange because Whitney found out that Lisa's friend was actually Whitney's cousin, and then she was trying to be friends with her. That made Lisa feel jealous, and she got mad. And so then Lisa like canceled the caterers. I don't think they're her caterers, but caterers, but they're like tangentially related somehow. On Whitney's um charity ball or whatever it was at like last second but like not not on you know she didn't come out and say like i'm canceling it just like happened and then you know whitney kind of played clue and put the puzzle pieces together so whitney and her husband chris no john no chris chris is whitney's husband john is lisa's husband god pick some better names um they the four of them go to dinner and all of a sudden, these, you know, the wait staff or something comes up and is talking to like Lisa and was like, oh my gosh, so sorry we had to like cancel that, you know, party the other day. Like some weird excuse that might be an excuse, but I'm not sure. But then that sent Whitney just snap of a finger without like anything else happening into just like, you know, overdrive mode. Then she got super pissed off. And, you know, once you, once you like, come to fight Lisa, she's going to punch back. And it's really hard to tell, like, did the caterers, like, actually have a legit reason? Or is Lisa, just, like, actually playing the long game? But basically, Whitney was like, Lisa, you brought me here to sabotage me and, like, make me look bad. Which is probably true, but, like, it's also just a little, like, Whitney definitely reacted way too fast and way too strongly. So it's just kind of hard to tell what's going on. And at this point, it's just, like very exhausting and tiring and you're not really rooting for either one of them because they both have like some serious issues here um so that's the lovely stuff that's going on so we've covered uh we've covered meredith we've covered mary we've covered covered jenny we've covered uh uh who uh, uh lisa and whitney so that just leaves jen shot right there's no one else um am i am i forgetting someone there's seven, right? Jen, Jenny, Meredith, Mary, Lisa, Whitney, and Heather. Okay. So basically, Jen Shaw doesn't really get to too much this episode. There's one scene outside. She's like outside of Shaw Shelley number two where she's out there and uh, her husband, Coach Shaw, Sharif, 
is like training their their son who I think is like six, 15, 16. I think he's like a freshman in high school. And I think it's football drills. You know, he's doing some like fast reaction stuff with the tennis ball. He's doing some like feet drill stuff. And then and then Jen Shaw is just kind of like off to the side trying to talk to them while they're training, which is awkward. And it's this was the my favorite part of the episode. Because you can so clearly see how this poor, like, 15-year-old son just wants nothing to do with his mom. And, you know, you, for the moms out there listening, you might be like, oh, that's heartbreaking. But if you know Jen Shy, you know she's, like, just an awful person and so insufferable, like, impossible to be around. She's talking to her, like, son who's 15, 16 or something. She keeps calling herself mommy and, like, oh, mommy will take you to school. Actually, he's 16 because Coach Shaw is like, well, he has his driver's license now. Because Jen is like, oh, I'll take you to – I can, like, you know, I'd like to, like, start taking you to school. And, and Coach Shaw is just, like, cringing in the background. Like, well, he has his driver's license, so he can, you know, he'll just drive himself to school. And it's like Jen Shaw clearly has no idea what's going on with her family. And I said to Rachel when we were watching, I was just like, I, how on earth – is Coach Shaw, like, slash why on earth is Coach Shaw, it's like, still married to this lady? I almost wonder, like, you know, I think Coach Shaw is, like, a pretty, not pretty, but, like, I think he's, like, adheres some semi-strictly to his religion, which is Islam. And I wonder if there's just, like, stuff in the code or the Quran that's, like, you can't do that. And he's just, like, going down with the ship. I, I don't know. That's my only thought. Because she is just, like... I don't know. We don't get those moments on camera because I think they don't exist that show, like, the positive aspect to Jen and Coach Shaw's relationship. I just don't think it's there. I think it was there 20 years ago when they got married, and I think now she's just, like, probably turned into a shell of herself, um, and I feel bad for him. But that's the way it goes. So that's Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Again, we're we're progressing towards the infamous Jen Shah arrest as well as her assistant Stu Chains Stewart. So that was a that was a fairly long recap. I apologize, but that'll get you caught up. I want to give a shout out to our sponsors, Home Pride Oregon. If you need your home inspected in Central Oregon, call my dad, Steve. He's got the good stuff. He's been doing it for a while at this point. 541-410-0316 or visit homepartorgan.com. Com. He'll get your home inspected, and if he misses something, then you get your home for free or something like that. It's crazy. There's some sort of insurance-backed protection. Pretty cool. Uh, the uh, the Samson Q2U series has crisp, clean audio quality. When you're recording an EP, an album, or uh, just a shitty podcast, call the experts at Samson. Uh, speaking of calling experts, cuts by Q. When you need a fresh do, something snappy or new, just call the experts here at Cuts by Q. I got to tell you, lately, in particular, while I've been, I was running this past week, getting back into a semi-regular schedule, kind of, you know, post-marathon, post-training for anything specifically, like trying to figure out what is going to be the best routine for me. Uh, that's not what I want to say. I, I've been having a lot of like creative comedy ideas, including the Beantown bus. So if you thought that was a knee slapper, there's a lot more where that came from. But I don't know. I'm feeling like squeezed between, you know, working three jobs plus Rachel 
and family stuff, which is amazing. I love for that stuff. But add in a little bit of piano here and there. And just like feeling and you know, tune blast again of my tune blast. They're just I don't know, I I'd rather just like have the foot off the like comedy slash social media pedal, the proverbial pedal, and just kinda like, you know, run the podcast every week and I'm really not doing a ton else, like laughs wise. And for now that's okay. Um because I, I could fit it in, but it would just start cutting into sleep. Uh, it would start cutting into some of my work, which I'm just not real willing to compromise on it at this stage in my life. Because um, I'm in that, like, late 20s, grind your butt, like, work your ass off, make as much money as you can. My that That's the strategy, man. Make a crazy amount of money not crazy amount right i work in education okay but make a lot of money relative or save a lot of money relative to what i earn stash it retirement accounts roth uh, all that stuff and hopefully in you know 35 years that means early retirement okay knock on wood so the goal of or the the point of today's episode we got two more things we're going to talk we're going to we're going to air some grievances and uh, anonymously, I got plenty, and then we'll go to the fan vote here. Uh, thank you to everyone who contributed on Instagram and Facebook. And we did get a lot of responses. I'm excited to read those live on air. Uh, and then I'm going to finish up with a song that I actually pre-recorded, And then we're going to be playing it through my phone into the Samson Q2U series into uh, GarageBand. So no promises on quality, but it's just a song that uh, I, I really loved for the past couple months. And I wanted to do it in honor of the fact that I'm going to see this band uh, who recorded this song uh, in six days. Thursday uh, the 28th. Very excited uh, to see Bleachers. So airing of grievances. Okay, good thing I took notes because there's a lot going on. These are work-related. And as you know, if you've you know been following this show for a while, I don't, I don't like to talk much work stuff um, just because... I don't like to think about it when I'm trying to have fun on my podcast, but also just like just to stay out of any, you know, tiffs, trouble, that sort of thing. Um, There's no reason to get into any issues at work because of the fun I'm having live on air with you all. OK, but here's the first thing. This I've never encountered anything like this in what am I on? One, two, three, four, five. This is my sixth year working in college admissions, okay? So six might not sound like a ton, but really in college admissions, you kind of get the general ropes after about a year, a year and a half. Like you, you're, not, you're not an expert, but you know how this stuff works, okay? We're talking recruitment specifically. So I, I'm in charge of recruitment for, for my, my college. And we have this great event coming up. That happened on you know, Wednesday, something like that. Tuesday, Wednesday, something like that. Whatever. At a at a school in the southeast. Definitely not naming names here. Okay, and I'm not actually like I, this isn't a I, this isn't a podcast to put people on blast. This is me wanting to uh, you know air my grievances. Um. So we got this event coming up. And I'm I'm the one running it. It's scheduled from eleven to four. It's 
labeled as a virtual recruitment fair. And it's a very important event for us because it's an event that attracts a lot of underrepresented students. We're very excited to do it, very happy to do it. So I'm all signed up, got the registration fee paid and all that stuff, a couple hundred dollars. Get an email on like Monday or the day before, whenever it is, being like, hello schools, thank you for attending our virtual fair. Attached, you'll find the agenda. And here's the kicker. The format of this fair is like four hours of schools, colleges, law schools, presenting about their programs in 20-minute blocks. But here's the thing. According to their email, there were approximately 75 schools that registered and paid the registration fee, and they're only selecting 20 to present to students. And obviously, good old uh, DePaul Law, not on the list, or else I wouldn't be having this as part of my airing of grievances. And so, obviously, that you know, strike one. Like, that's just... So what did I pay for? Like, because... <laughs> I swear to God, their email was like, we recognize that only, you know, a third or a quarter of the schools that registered will be actually be able to present. But we still encourage you to join us for the entire time. And it's like, what, like, what do you think? I'm just like, I'm just like nothing else in my life. Like, here's, here's four hours. Let me watch, let me watch all my competitor law schools get to talk to these students I really want access to, but not me. I, sounds like a beautiful Wednesday. But here's the kicker, strikes two and three. So I emailed them back, like fully understanding what they're saying and just in utter disbelief. And I'm basically like, hey, this doesn't really make sense. Like, could you clarify? I think I missed something. Like playing dumb a little, but just more so trying to just be like cordial. And maybe I maybe I am missing something. Like maybe this is just the first day and there's another day coming. I don't know, whatever. Here's... He, this was strikes two and three. They send me back an email very quickly, and they open it up with, Dear Quinn, it's not difficult. And it was just like, I have just paid you hundreds of dollars for an event, and you're emailing me saying, I'm not going to be able to speak at this event that I paid for, and it's not difficult. That's that alone. I got other items on this list that I'm going to get to right now, but that alone prompted me to be like, what the, what the F like, what are we doing here? I, I work for a Catholic nonprofit university. I'm trying to increase access, equity, inclusion. Like that's, that's why I work in this business. Cause I'm passionate about that stuff. And you're telling me like, it's not difficult. It's like, okay. All right, so that just gives me a great taste in my mouth regarding that school moving forward. So uh, here's another thing, and this is this is going to sound silly, but it's just like I'm trying to think how I, I – I'm not going to delve into specifics because I don't want to, you know, really uh, mess anyone up or, or say anything I shouldn't. But basically, like, we had a meeting – that uh, I didn't get invited to but needed to be on. And then, you know, it's like I come back from a run and they're 20 minutes into the meeting already messaging my phone because I don't, you know, different people messaging my phone because I don't run with my phone being like, hey, where are you at? Like, can you join this meeting? And it's like I literally didn't get this meeting invite. 
until like two minutes ago. And then I, I got back from the run and joined while I was in my, you know, hot, sweaty clothes and all that stuff. But it's like, I've been on all the other meeting invites. I don't know. When I'm creating a meeting, it's always like, okay, let me check. Do I have everyone that's been on all the other calls that needs to be on it? Yes. Cool. Send it. That just seems like a really basic step. It was an external party, okay? That's not throwing, not even throwing shade at my own office. Because I love my office. We're great. We are a badass team, man. Like, easily the best office I've ever worked in. There's five of us. It's great. Um, I got stood up by so many kids this week. First, I was supposed to have a consulting meeting with a student on Wednesday. Just didn't come. Had to reschedule it for today. Did it. And here's the thing with, with that. It's like I've got the half hour or in some cases the 45 minutes reserved to do this now. And it's like if you don't come, I'm still waiting for 20 minutes for you on Zoom to see like, oh, maybe they're just running late. So it's like then I just have to do the same thing again two days later. And there's another 30 or 45 minutes out of my, out of my day. And it's, I'm doing double the work because you decided you, do, you didn't want to come first time. And then I got... Um, I got stood up slash ghosted by some of the undergraduates I advise, uh, one yesterday and one today. And it's just like, what, like, I, I don't know. What are we doing here? Like, you want to go to, you want to go to law school? Like, you, you, you might want to stay on top of your deadlines and meetings with staff who decide whether or not you actually get to go to law school. I don't know. It could be a good idea, something to consider in the future. Um, my last thing here, I, I, one of the students I consult uh, is, a, is a great pianist and is applying for this really wonderful program opportunity. It's like a scholarship foundation or you know, some sort of volunteering something. But as part of it, as mu- the musicians listening to this know, you have to upload you know, two videos, different pieces, that sort of thing. The instructions clearly ask no recordings longer than five minutes. Okay, so we need two pieces shorter than five minutes. So I get the recordings from the student's family being like, this is what we're going to submit. And they're great pieces. They are uh, a, a, a ballade by Chopin and a third movement of a Beethoven sonata. And they're, they both sound fantastic. This student is, is great. And I love working with this student. But they're like, you know, each about seven or eight minutes long. So I'm like, hey, these are great, technically very proficient, but, excuse me, like we're not following their program rules. So I get an email back. It's like, not an email, but a, a WeChat message being basically like, you know, when you get to this skill level, this isn't from the student. This is from family. The student would never say something like this. Because he's great. Family's basically saying, when you get to the skill level, there aren't any pieces that are shorter than five minutes long. And I'm just like the musician, the piano major in me, I got so upset at that. And they know I'm a they know I'm a musician. They know I was a piano major in college. So they're not talking it, they're not like trying to sneak something past me. They're just straight some straight up like that's not right. So I 
I don't think I came across as snarky, and I hope I didn't, because I w- really wasn't trying to be. I was really just trying to be informative and educational. But I was like, with I, I got so many Chopin etudes, preludes, rock preludes, like it's Rachmaninoff for people who don't know classical music. Just like there's so much out there that I can show you that is shorter than five minutes. I promise you, being a fantastic pianist doesn't mean that you can only play sonatas that are thirty minutes long. I have so much to share with you. And that just really rubbed me the wrong way. So I decided, you know what, I was having just like a, not a, I wouldn't describe this as like a hard week, but rather just like a frustrating week. And all those things that I just just described, hopefully you will realize that like, that didn't mean my week was awful. It just means that like, God, this was just so much unnecessary pain in the assery. Okay. So I decided this morning, hey, we're going to record later today. Let's take it to the streets. Let's see what you all the fans think. So starting with Facebook, I think we only got one comment. It was a quiet day on Facebook today. I've really got I've really given up on like trying to figure out Facebook or their algorithm or any of that stuff and I don't really care anymore. Like I remember 2 years ago, 2 2 plus years, like 2 to 4 years ago when I got phased out by the Facebook algorithm. And just being, like, really upset about it. And now I'm honestly just like, I don't care. Whatever. Because I don't think people are on there anymore. Like, literally, when I go to my Facebook news feed, I'll scroll for, like, five minutes. 90% of it is just, like, memes or articles. Like, remember when people used to write their own things on Facebook? Yes, but it was, like, 15 years ago. So we got one thing on Facebook. I said, you know... What really busted your behind this week? The comment said, being alive. It's pretty dark. And I'll tell you what, like, there are definitely days that are tough for me being alive, but I really like living. And I'm going to really be sad when it's gone. But yeah, we, every, every, every good poll question needs one classy, dark response. I'm getting an ad for KFC on Instagram right now. Some sort of thick sandwich for three ninety nine. That's four dollars for you scoring at home. Uh, I've never like gone to a KFC and bought stuff from there before. I'm sure I've eaten it once or twice, but I've never you know, as as much time as I spend on the road, I've literally never like pulled into a KFC and ordered something, nor have I felt compelled to. I don't know. It's just kinda like when I'm on the road, I would never want to have like fried chicken for lunch because I feel like that would just knock me out and then you get to dinner and it's like well I'm not going to spend my like precious pro card dining you know money on fast food when I could go get like an actual nice meal regardless of if it's carry out or not so it just never really happened and I do like fried chicken I think it's delicious shout out to a brother of the podcast Jack Furness who would always, before he was vegetarian, most people don't know this, would always request fried chicken on his birthday, believe it or not. And then have chicken for dinner, too. Fried, Yeah, the fried chicken was lunch. And I won't list what, what else he uh, requested because it's pretty ghoulish. Um, but he would have chicken for supper as well, which was great. Okay, so let's go to the Instagram comments here. Let's read it in the order they were received. And I'll keep you anonymous because I didn't say whether or not I was going to, and I just want everyone to feel comfortable here. Uh, my dog is an asshole. He's cute, and he uses that to his advantage to bully me. Sounds like me in high school, I tell you what. 
Uh, no, I wasn't cute in high school. Uh, we got two. Oh, no. Here's, here's one. A canceled flight. And I, I want to preemptively, individually thank everyone who did submit. Uh, let's see. We got one, two, three, four, five, six responses, which is pretty good because um, I, I could have posted this yesterday. Like my story yesterday got over 100 views, which was good for me, actually. Um, and this one today is sitting at like 50. So we, we probably would have had more. And more will probably come in. We'll, we'll try to remember to grab those next week. But thank you to everyone who did uh, did submit a response. I, I really appreciate that. Uh, we've got this one here. Uh, I know who this is from. Canceled Flight. And I got to tell you, as someone who flies a ton, I have had a very good luck uh, overall in my uh, flying career since I've been recruiting heavily for the past five years or so. I uh, really haven't had too many flight issues. My, my most notorious one was when I got stranded in uh, Atlanta, Hartsfield-Jackson overnight. They lost power. This was like 2018, 17, something like that. And, uh, yeah, we were stuck on the tarmac or the runway or whatever for hours. And then you get into the – you finally got off the plane. You get into the airport, and it was just completely dark. It was kind of scary. Um, but we weren't allowed to leave. Otherwise, I would have just grabbed a car and driven up to Baltimore from there. It's probably like 10 hours, something like that. I would have done that. Um, and I finally got home the next afternoon. Okay, we got two from this user. I appreciate the double dip. First one says, Biden coming to town and making it impossible to drive around Baltimore. You know, I had seen a little bit of this stuff on Reddit Baltimore because I'm still part of that community, but I didn't uh, read into it much. Um, I, I'm curious to read, like, where did he speak? Was it at the arena downtown? I already forget what it was called. Um, or did he go to Hopkins or, you know, where exactly did he go? But I can imagine that's tough. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like Baltimore is not one of those cities that usually has this type of stuff figured out. Men who harass you on the street. I got to tell you, that's one that I very rarely myself have to, like, deal with or encounter. Um, which is a very privileged thing to be able to say, but I, I have you know been harassed once or twice, and I'm sure the person submitting this, who's a female, gets that every week. So uh, I'm sorry that you're going through that um, or have gone through that and will go through that because it's ridiculous. This one, uh, listener, close listeners of the show might know who, who uh, submitted this one. Columbia's assets grew from 16.3 to 19.6 billion with a B, since COVID, and they still hiked tuition. Yeah, I got to tell you what, as someone who has uh, gone through a master's degree in education policy and administration and has, like, take, taken education finance questions, or uh, not questions, uh, classes, it's, it's all really kind of, like, strange, murky. It's never as, like, clean or clear as it should be. Um, you know, in terms of, like, colleges are measured by their endowments and stuff and it's like well what does that actually mean because you like you can't always just like access that same thing with like specific funds and stuff it's just you know there's a lot going into it but i'm sure that uh you know columbia being an ivy league school i i'm sure they could figure that out if they wanted to um but uh they got an ivy league education and there are uh, you know hundreds of thousands of people out there who want that and are willing to pay for it so Supply and demand, baby. And our last response here, supervisors not doing their job correctly and zero repercussions for it. The thing I like most about that is they use the correct usage of there, there, and there. But, yeah, definitely, like, some shit goes down above you and uh, 
little bit of a power trip. And you don't really get to do anything about it. So, yeah, definitely a pain in the ass. I don't know. I feel like I'm one of those people who's, like, always, when I definitely, like, clearly fuck up, like, I'm going to, yeah, you're going to get your apology from me. Like, I wear things on my chin all the time. And you just got to realize, like, don't let it bother you. But I would never be that type of person who's just, like, holier than thou. Like, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's the way he was raised. Maybe it's Maybelline. Who knows? But I definitely, uh, I, I think everyone who uh, submitted those, and everyone's got their own stuff that they're going through, even people who didn't submit something. Uh, so just know that even podcast legends go through uh, some of that same stuff too. And I appreciate everyone who did submit something because that was a lot of fun. That's what I got for you. Uh, As promised, I decided uh, I was playing around earlier, practicing my classical pieces that I'm getting ready to come out with, hopefully soon-ish here, and I had a song stuck in my head by the the band Bleachers, which is Jack Antonoff's uh, current project. You might know him as the uh, guitarist from the band Fun, like Some Nights or Carry On with Nate Roos, who was just on uh, SNL last week with Young Juicy Baby or something like that. Uh, but I'm going to see his band on Thursday, which I'm very excited for. And uh, I decided, because uh, I've had one of their songs stuck in my head, I decided I wanted to give it a whirl. This was first try. Never had like seen the lyrics before. So um, could I have done a better version? Yes, but I wanted to stay raw for you all, okay? So I'm going to get that queued up for you. All right, so I've got it up on my phone here. And again, we're getting a little wonky with the technology because I literally recorded it straight from the piano and voice into my phone using the internal microphone earlier this afternoon. And now we're just going to play it straight from the phone into the microphone. So it might get a little quiet. If you don't want to hear Quinn cover Bleachers, thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you do, you might need to turn up your, your headphones a little bit, but thanks everyone for listening. We'll be live next week with episode 199, our Halloween spooktacular. And just remember next Sunday's Halloween. So I'll I'll plan something. It'll be spooky, but, uh, here we go. This is Quinn covering the song 45 by bleachers. It would have been appropriate if it was 32 as we were talking about that earlier, but, uh, nope, this is, it's called 45 and, uh, That's what I got for you. Thanks for listening. I'll check in on you next time. Here we go. Always holding your love supreme 
Shall 